0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com.
2: Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: mid-afternoon hmm. all right I'm excited for today's show and we are going to be starting things off with our first interview Rhino I just want to check and see if we have the congressman on the line
2: yes
4: yes okay, go
3: great. well i'll go ahead and introduce we have congressman jody errington he represents west texas district nineteen This area is known as the food, fuel, and fiber capital of the world. He serves on the most powerful committee in Congress, the Ways and Means. It has authority over tax, trade, healthcare, social security, and welfare. He's also a member of the Joint Economic Committee, um, which is responsible for reviewing economic conditions and recommending improvements. This is increasingly important as we are faced with the realities of the Biden administration, Bidenflation and the problems that that is causing for everyday American families. Uh, Congressman Jody Arrington, welcome to the show, and thanks for being here this morning.
5: Mandy, it's great to be with you and your listeners, and uh, God bless West Texas. Uh, and greetings from uh, the freedom-loving, hard-working, God-fearing people out here in the Wild West, in the Lone Star State. I, can, I can't hear you too well, so you might speak up, but uh, again honor to be with you
3: yeah i will do my best and speak up um, i guess i'll start with uh, you are headed to the airport and you're going to be voting tomorrow on the inflation reduction act is there anything we can do to actually stop it or is this written in stone
5: well, it's, the Democrats don't need a single Republican. They're using a, a tool called reconciliation, which allowed them to pass it out of the Senate with just a simple majority. Um, I don't believe there'll be a Republican to support it in the House. It's interesting. The, there are some progressives in the House that don't feel like it went far enough uh, because it doesn't have – Amnesty or unionization of every state, or it, it didn't uh, didn't do enough to tax and spend the American uh, people's money. So there's there's the there's tension there. And then of course there are more moderate uh, Democrats that understand that this is a false advertisement when they say it's going to reduce inflation. It will actually exacerbate uh, this current record inflation by taxing. Uh, businesses that will pass the tax on to their customers. Um, They're going to tax oil and gas, which is going to increase the uh, price at the pump Um, and a whole host of things all in the name of advancing their, uh, green new deal climate agenda so there are some there's tension between progressives and and um, maybe more moderate democrats which are few and far between but i i think that that's uh, got a high likelihood that it will pass
3: Which is so unfortunate. It seems like the very last thing that we need right now is for more federal spending um, to occur. I mean, that certainly has been behind the rising um, inflation and the increasingly bad um, ec- economic situation. So I, I do want to dig in a little bit on the details, though. I, you know... President Biden promised not to raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000. There was an amendment passed during the Senate deliberation to actually create that as a backstop, which was rejected. So could you talk a little bit about if and when this is actually passed and the affiliated tax increases, who is that going to hit the hardest and and, um, what are the consequences that folks are going to be looking at?
5: Well, First of all, our country is going to be hit with a loss of competitiveness. Uh, we're in a recession. We've had two negative growth quarters. Uh, we've had a, a, a smaller labor participation. Uh, like we've talked about, 40-year high in in in, uh, in in price increases. And, um, you know, small businesses especially are feeling the crunch 50%. Of small businesses can't fully staff up, and their margins are thin. And there's a pass-through uh, small business tax in this monstrosity of a tax and spend bill that will that will make it even more difficult for these guys to recover. So, with their input cost up, with their labor shortage uh, challenges, supply chain challenges, now we're going to slap them with a small business tax and uh, and then look uh, the most uh, regressive tax um, and the most difficult for the working class to absorb is inflation and when you tax corporations like this new increased uh, book minimum corporate tax uh, uh, which which will inch us up now uh, closer to um, The bottom of, of the, of the most competitive countries in the world, those companies will pass the tax along in higher prices to consumers. So you're, you're just going to add another layer, another wave of inflation, uh, where people today, on average, are losing, um, relative to inflation, 5% of their wages, which is about $500 a month. Well, 65% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So these are folks that can't heat or cool their home. They can't afford to put gas in the car and uh, and get back to, you know, go back and forth from work or take their kids to school. So this, you know, the, the, the climate crisis isn't even on the top 50 list of people in uh, on Main Street and in, uh, you know, outside of the Beltway and in districts like mine. They're concerned about being able to pay the bills and feed their family because of this, uh, this inflation crisis that's only going to get worse uh, when you tax uh, these companies and these small businesses. And and then, by the way, uh, energy, when you tax and regulate it, uh, the fossil fuels, which, which basically fuel 80% of our economy, um, when you tax and regulate something, you get less of it. When you get less of it, uh, visa vis the demand for it you 're going to pay more, so things are going to get worse, not better and I, I, I think it's I think it's uh, uh, shameful that the Democrats are calling this an inflation reduction act it 's an inflation acceleration and a guarantee to dig a, bit, a deeper hole in in, in in a recession act um, that's that would be truth in advertisement.
3: Absolutely. And it's unfortunate. It's an absolute scam that they called it the Inflation Reduction Act. It's a tax and spend boondoggle. And it's only going to make the life of the middle class that much more difficult. Now, you represent West Texas, which is home to a a large source of the energy production that we all rely on. There are a lot of hidden fees or wages within the bill. One of those includes a first of its kind methane fee. Could you talk a little bit about that? That and what that's going to do for the production in the area that you represent, number one, and number two, about gas prices for the rest of the American people.
5: You bet. Well, there are two taxes. There's a there's a there's a petroleum product at the refinery tax, um, and and that's twelve billion dollars to pay for the Green New Deal, and then the other tax is met the methane gas fee, which is a tax on the entire chain of Natural gas—that's the uh, production, the transportation. Uh, remember, natural gas uh, and the shale revolution uh, put us in a much better competitive position uh, uh, relative to China and other adversaries and competitors around the world. We got we got cheaper and a more abundant an ocean of of a, of a fuel source, and it also helped America lead the way in greenhouse gas emission reduction. So it's it, natural gas is a, 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 a triple threat benefit to our country, uh, not the least of which is our energy independence, which we are uh, slowly but surely and unilaterally with this president surrendering to uh, petro tyrants in, in, in the Middle East, or uh, the Vlad- likes of Vladimir Putin in Russia, um, I mean, what we're doing is running plays that Europe ran a decade ago that have put them in a horribly weak position uh, in in this uh, geopolitical relationship with Russia. And but we're 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 putting America in the same in the same boat. Not again, and also putting tremendous uh, financial pressure on working people that are having a tough time paying their bills.
13: Diamond Importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and
0: junikerjewelry.com.
12: This hour of middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy, they help you get your life back.
15: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth and Goal Sports Cafe. Home style plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. All the folks in the Capital City metro area,
11: love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way.
0: Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Let's
3: Middays, I'm Mandy Gunasekara here on Super Talk Mississippi. Now, I know we've been having some technical issues here on the program. We are working through them and trying to fix. There's a bit of a, de- a delay or a lag time. So we have our engineers working on it, but we will continue on and try to bring you the great show that we have planned today. Now, just want to remind you, I'm here in the Element Wealth studio are you thinking about or planning for retirement and if so do you have a plan Go to MyElementWealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. also want to remind folks, folks have been really good on the text line to let us know about the technical difficulties we are continuing to work through. But please text us and share your thoughts on the C Spire text line. That's at 601 879 4395. And if you're just joining us, welcome. Um, you just missed a really great interview we had with Congressman Jody Arrington. He represents West Texas, but is a member of the Ways and Means Committee and gave us a little bit of insight of what he's been faced with and thinking through and trying to push back on in Congress. Um, I know the Mississippi delegation, Congressman uh, Michael Guest and, and Kelly and Palazzo and others are headed up today to Washington, D.C. That vote, I believe, is Scheduled tomorrow. Unfortunately, despite um, the the bad news that that bill represents, it is likely to be passed and. If there's no better motivation for Republicans to focus on the upcoming election, this should be it. Um, this is the consequences of living in a Democrat-controlled White House, Senate, and Congress. And these are the types of policies where American families are really struggling out there. And this administration and the Democrat leadership are busy passing billion-dollar boondoggles in the name of climate change um, that will do little to actually change the tra- trajectory of our lower emissions future but really lines the pockets of donors and extreme environmental groups that help to them get to the positions of power upon which they now enjoy and we all have to deal with the very real consequences and as the congressman laid out it's not just the the billions of dollars of payouts and and wasted money we'll probably see things like cylindra again uh, re reemerge through the department of energy but also the taxes that are going to be increased on economic productivity in this country that will be trickled down and be yet another cost added on to, um you know, the struggling American people and the small businesses, some of whom have successfully made it out of the COVID situation, um, but continue to struggle with Biden inflation. And now they're going to be burdened with increased taxes. So we thank the congressman for joining us and talking about West Texas, the impact in West Texas, which is extremely important just from an energy perspective. Over half. I believe this is right. I can double-check this um, and, and correct myself if that's the if, if this isn't accurate. But I'm pretty sure over half of U.S. liquid fuel production, so the liquid fuel that comes out that becomes the gasoline, the diesel, the jet fuel, comes from West Texas area. This is the Permian Basin. That truly was at the heart of the energy renaissance um, that started in about 2010. But more on that later. Now, the rest of our show... We're going to be covering a lot of issues as I was preparing for today. It was really hard to figure out what to focus on because there is so much going on right now. But our our next interview that will be coming up in the next segment, we have the former U.S. Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott. He's going to talk to us about what's going on at the border. Um, we had a stable situation at the start of 2021, and it has just turned into absolute chaos. He will talk to us about that. After that, I'm going to have Jennifer Braceras. She is the director of the Independent Women's Legal Center. She's going to talk about Title IX. You may not have been paying attention to what the Biden administration has been proposing that will really change um, the meaning of a woman in the context of Title IX. So that not only has major implications for potential discrimination suits that could um, complicate life on all manner of campuses. But also, what's received a lot of attention, changed the face of women's sports, where it's becoming absolutely impossible for women to compete against men, all in the name of the Biden administration's push um, to change Title IX. So Jennifer Berseris will call in to talk to us about that. And then uh, later in the show, Andrew Kloster, who is the General Counsel for a Nonprofit focused on getting conservatives interested in public service. He's going to come on and talk to us about the Mar-a-Lago raid and what we can do to really reign in the deep state going forward. Now he and I are good friends. He had a front row seat like I did during the Trump administration at the way the deep state works. He worked at the Office of Presidential Personnel, so he's going to have some really great perspective. I'm going to touch on the economy. We had new inflation numbers come out yesterday. Um, it hasn't been good and it, it, it's only getting worse, really. Um, gas prices, the administration is trying to take credit for the fact that there's been a slight reprieve in gas prices, but, um, that relief isn't really here to stay and it's actually going to make things worse in the long run and then we're going to talk also a little bit later about an investment scheme some of you may have heard about this but some of you may not it's just really starting to get out it is called environmental social and governance investing all you need to know is that this is a liberal ideology that is masquerading as an investment strategy and if you're a retiree or a pensioner or you're planning Your future by saving money today and looking to work with investment managers or investment houses, you need to pay attention because the moral of the story is there are fat cats on Wall Street that are gambling with your retirement funds so they can feel virtuous. And I'm going to read you in to what's going on with that situation. All right, Rhino. Happy Thursday. I feel like we didn't actually get to get to say hello. We had to get started with our with our interview, but uh, just want to say hello.
2: Yeah, we've made it to Friday Eve, y'all.
3: Friday Eve. I knew there was a special term um, that that you would use. Um, well, I am. Happy Friday Eve and just want to jump in really quick on explaining a little bit of the, the, the tax and spend boondoggle. Again, that Congressman Arrington talked a little bit about, but on the, on the climate side, um, there's, there are these EV credits, electric vehicle credits. A big part of the Biden administration has been to push, um, electric vehicles on the American people, and this is a budding technology, but it includes some limitations, um, including the fact that once you use the battery, it takes hours to recharge. Um, right now, if you have a gasoline-powered vehicle, you can drive on up to the gas station. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg, but you can fill up in a matter of minutes. There's also range limitations. They only go so far. But this administration from day one has really been pushing um, electric vehicles on the American people alongside renewable energy and the likes. These are the politically preferred technologies. But in the bill there is one provision that I will give a little bit of credit where credit is due um, the bill includes one positive attempt on the energy security front. Now, these batteries are made up of a lot of critical minerals, um, and the majority of those critical minerals, these are things like cobalt and lithium. They come from foreign-sourced areas, largely the Democrat Republic of the Congo, where these are controlled by Chinese mines, and it is a... Known reality that in these mines they regularly rely on child labor. I actually did a pretty in-depth analysis on this a couple of years ago. But in the bill, the the so-called Inflation Reduction Bill, there is a lot of that. But there is one there is one attempt that was put in by Republicans to try and restrict electric vehicles that are manufactured here in the united states from being able to receive certain tax benefits if they cannot guarantee that the majority of their minerals uh, don't come from areas that they characterize as areas of concern and this is really an effort to push back at the fact that so many of these minerals come from areas where There are just grave humanitarian problems. There are child labor practices that anyone in this country would just find absolutely heartbreaking. But there's a provision aimed at restricting that. Now, most everyone has agreed with the fact that if you're going to receive a federal tax benefit, The sources that go into the manufacturing of your products should not be done um, on the backs of children or forced labor or other problematic humanitarian issues. Now, the problem that the vehicles, the car manufacturers, there's a lobby group in Washington, D.C. trying to strip this provision out because they say, look, the reality is that the supply chain is what it is. And we get the majority of these minerals from abroad. And if you make this requirement that minerals not come from these areas, we're not going to be able to qualify. Our cars will be so expensive, consumers won't purchase them, um, and that will undercut the Biden
15: From the SeabrookPaint.com weather center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com today. An 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms. High near 87. Tonight, an 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Low around 71. Finally, Friday, a 60% chance of showers. Partly sunny. High near 90 degrees. And for your Saturday, a 20% chance of rain. Sunny skies. High near 91. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
13: It's back. That's right, school is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Mazda of Jackson. That's right, school is back, and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving you cash. Get super low 2.9% financing for 72 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And come see the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at No cost to you. Shop right now at mazdaofjackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000 mile powertrain warranty. Have a trade? Bring it in and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. School is in session. So come get your deal now at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. mazdaofjackson.com. With approved credit like model we'll C dealer for details. The Mississippi
1: Braves look to defend their league championship on the field in 2022, and the M-Braves offer an affordable and safe outing for the entire family. See the future stars of the Atlanta Braves right here at Trustmark Park and enjoy daily promotions throughout the season. Single game tickets start as low as $5, and the Braves can tailor a ticket plan just for your schedule or a group outing from 20 to 500 people. For more information on promotions or to purchase tickets, call 888-BRAVES-4 or visit MississippiBraves.com.
17: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Secretary of State Michael Watson is one of 15 secretaries of state signing on to a letter to President Biden asking him to cancel his executive order that directs federal agencies to expand access to voter registration and election information. If you look at the Constitution, Article One, Section Four, of the Elections Clause. If you look at voter, um, uh, the NVRA, National
15: Voter Registration Act. It established a baseline, and this is Congress, established a baseline for voter registration services leaving registration strategies and program design to the states.
17: Under the order, third-party entities hired by the executive branch would be able to set up voter registration drives.
15: Think about this. When you're sending a third-party group that you hire that you specifically picked, where are you going to send them to go register voters? where it's going to help you. Again, a weaponization of this. And so that's kind of just the the 40,000-foot view of really what we saw happening.
7: If you're looking for strong, reliable construction equipment for sailor rent in Mississippi, then contact Taylor Construction Equipment. As your number one source for Bell articulated dump trucks and track carriers, as well as Hyundai hydraulic excavators, mini excavators, and wheel loaders, you can depend on Taylor to provide you with the best construction equipment backed by the best 24-7 sudden service experience. Call us at 833-773-3421 or taylorconstructionequipment.com.
0: Bring it off. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi. Standing in the rain With
4: his head hung low Couldn't get a ticket It was a soul out show Heard the roar of the crowd He could picture the scene Put
3: his head to the wall Alright folks, welcome back to Middays. I'm Mandy Gunasekara here on Super Talk Mississippi. Again, uh, for some of you who've been on the receiving end of the technical difficulties, I believe we have fixed it. So thank you for sticking with us and apologies for that on the front end. But I do want to go ahead and get started and jump right in to our next interview. We have former Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott, who has a 30 year career serving at the U.S. Border Patrol. He's worked under both Republicans and Democrats. Under the Trump administration, he was a as the head of the border patrol and he even served for seven months in the Bind administration helping with the transition and a big and unfortunate transition it has been. Now I had the privilege of meeting Chief Scott in person and seeing the good work that he and his agents did during that time down in San Diego. Some of you may not know that there are some major environmental issues essentially because the Mexican side of the border cannot handle wastewater and that in up coming back onto the U.S. side and causing problems to the otherwise beautiful beaches and sensitive ecosystems in that area and um, Chief Scott I remember one interaction specifically with one of your agents talking about how they were on a um, they, they were out in the field and they had walked through some water and by the time they got out of the water their boots had essentially melted because who knows what was in that water but it was some very dangerous substances so not only does the border patrol work to protect the border from illegals and criminals and those that wish to do harm to people but they also work with other agencies like EPA to protect the sensitive ecosystems and stay on top of major waste issues that have uh, that have become an increasing problem but welcome to the show uh chief scott it's great for you to be here
18: Thanks for having me on. Good to see you again, Mandy. It's funny, uh, we're talking about the border, but talking about those EPA issues, the beaches in S- southern part of San Diego have been closed all year. Because similar to the border, the Biden administration walked away from a lot of the good work that you guys were doing uh, to just pressure Mexico to do their part. Uh, but it's, it's, it seems like a recurring theme with this administration.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that's really where I wanted to, to touch on and start is on January 2021, the border was a stable situation. And a big reason for that was Trump and officials like yourself had put the pressure on the Mexican government and some of those other South American, Central and South American countries to do their part. Um, but how did we get to where we are now, um, where we're seeing record breaking numbers and a complete breakdown along the border?
18: It it really is night and day, and I'm glad you pointed out. When we transitioned to the Biden administration, not only was the border more secure than it had ever been in history, we actually had a plan in place, and it was getting more secure every day. And and a lot of it was the border wall, the technology, the infrastructure, but another big part of it was leveraging the Department of State and the pressure that we could put on other countries uh, just to simply do their own job, to just enforce their laws And we were creating a Western Hemisphere uh, security initiative, not just an American security initiative. Um, But just like any human being, there has to be an incentive. There has to be a reason for people to to play along. Uh, And the Biden administration made it very, very clear to those countries that they didn't have a position on this. Or if they they did, it was not what the Trump administration had. Uh, And we walked away from all those agreements, the Remain in Mexico program, the asylum cooperative agreements, uh, many of the the initiatives we had down in Panama and South America to identify threats coming up and just help those countries with their own systems. We walked away from all of it. Uh, and then you're seeing today the results. Over 2 million encounters with illegal aliens crossing the southwest border. That, that gets a ton of attention. But what the real threat is, is right behind that. That means we gave the cartel complete and total operational control of the border. They use these large groups of aliens to just completely overwhelm U.S. law enforcement. And then they bring in the narcotics, the fentanyl, the criminals that don't want to walk up and surrender and who knows what else. But we do know that what Border Patrol has caught 56 terrorists, 56 people on the national terrorism watch list just this year. That's unprecedented. It's never happened in history.
3: Well, that's all we hear is it's an unprecedented situation. And it seems that every day the Biden administration is walking away from their duty to protect the border, set aside politics that is fundamental to this country existing and then to keeping the citizens safe, especially in those border towns. But there's been an interesting conversation I've seen come up on the headlines that as state governors, especially Governor Abbott, but some of those other border states are pushing back, they've been using uh, a a term of art, uh, calling it an invasion, which... You know me as a layperson looking, yeah, it certainly looks like an invasion people coming to this country using violence, wanting to cause harm. But what does that mean legally? And have you talked to any folks about if governors were able to to convince um, the courts that this is in fact a an invasion, what types of tools they would have available to push back?
18: Yeah, so the reason they use the term inv- invasion, is the U.S. Constitution reserves a lot of rights for the states. Uh, going to war, if you will, is, is a federal government responsibility. So is border security. But there's provisions in the Constitution that if the federal government cannot or refuses to protect a state, a state can protect itself. Uh, to, to basically, it's, it has nothing to do with immigration. It's that state being invaded, if you will, by, by an adversary. What that does, if the governor declares, but the governor has to really do it, if the governor declares an invasion, then he has all the war powers that, that you would have to to basically stop or expel uh, an invading force. Um, this It's been used before, uh, back in the old, old days when you had like Pancho Villa and you had pirates. Uh, the federal government didn't have the military, didn't have the, the bandwidth it has now. But it has not that provision of the Constitution has not been exercised in a long time and never in this context. But I will tell you, and I won't take a position on it here, uh, but I will tell you when you talk about it in the context of illegal aliens pouring across the border, I really don't think it meets the legal definitions. But when you talk about it in the true context, that the cartels are equivalent to a military of almost any nation now in their power and strength. They've infiltrated many different levels of the Mexican government through corruption, and they are systematically using, there's no doubt, by the way, they're systematically using these large numbers of illegal aliens as a tool of war. They're using them to shape the border, meaning they overwhelm Border Patrol agents very strategically so that it creates huge gaps in border security either to the left or right. And then that's where they're bringing in the criminal aliens that that don't want to get fingerprinted or anybody that that wants to pay more to not encounter a Border Patrol agent. And they're also bringing in poison, whether it's the traditional narcotics or now fentanyl, which is just pure poison, and they're killing more Americans than were ever killed in 9-11. So in many contexts, that, that defines where you have a military force strategically scripting operations and then bringing in dramatic and and very, very specific threats to this country. I think that does meet the definition of invasion, Uh, but that's a big decision for a governor to make.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, glad they're thinking about it. It's unfortunate that it's gotten to this situation where the federal government again has just walked away from such a vitally important duty. But I'm glad there's governors like Governor Abbott and some of the legal counsel around him that are thinking through all the tools at their disposal to protect their people. Now I, I always wonder, I hear about the transformed mission, essentially, under the Biden administration. Um, or maybe I shouldn't say mission. The mission is what the mission is. But but the day-to-day purpose um, that the agents are given, have you talked to any of your former colleagues? And what is the morale of the agents that, even to this day, put their lives on the line every day to try and keep this country stay, safe when the administration and the president doesn't even have their back?
18: Yeah, i will probably give a long winded answer to that. But I do want for, for all your view, for all your listeners, the mission of the Border Patrol also all overly simplified a little bit. Uh, is pretty simple to make sure that we know who and what is in, in our country on your behalf. You, border security is national security. It's just like your home. Again, overly simplified. We expect people to come to the front door, which is a port of entry, announce themselves. And then we as a nation get to choose who and what comes in. People pouring into your home through the windows, through the walls, that would never be accepted. And that's what's going on in the southwest border. So Border Patrol's job is simply to make sure people enter through the port of entry. And without any discrimination, race, color, anything, nationality even, their job is to stop anybody that crosses in between the ports of entry. That's what they signed up for. Uh, Their morale is completely tanked because they're not doing that. The Biden administration has redirected all efforts and almost pretty much all funding uh, to expediting the processing of illegal aliens apprehended at the border. They've completely ceased to enforce Title 13, I'm sorry, Title 8, 1325, which is illegal entry and it is a crime. They're not enforcing that at all. And they're basically incentivizing illegal entry by letting these people cut in line and come past. What that's doing now is at the beginning of a shift. Right when Border Patrol agents get to work, 60 to 70% of them are assigned to processing duties from the get-go. They never, ever leave the station. And we were already understaffed. Now, by an hour, two hours into the shift, after they apprehend a couple of groups, I just got a a text message a few minutes ago. Another group of over 200 in one single group just crossed the Rio Grande River. Totally overwhelmed those agents. Now there are no Border Patrol agents out at all. This is just devastating. It's not what they signed up for.
3: I, I hate to interrupt, but we've got the end of the program. Look, thank you so much for joining us. There's going to be a lot of questions, but um, you know we still thank the Border Patrol for what they try to do. Lee Temple, customer, Clark's Construction.
19: We had a complete bathroom renovation, all the way from the tile floor to countertops and everything that goes with uh, with a bathroom. We checked with other folks to see how they had worked with Jerry, and we always got some uh, some good reviews, and never did get one that was uh, that was not good. And you know the trust issue was was not an issue with Jerry. I'd say he's a five
20: star. For a construction company you can trust. Call Clark's Construction at 601-214-9463. Hi, I'm David Frederick, owner of
19: Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. For more than 27 years we've been selling and servicing Exmark mowers here in Central Mississippi. Whether you have a city lot, a country estate, or a large institutional property, Exmark has a mower to fit your needs. I invite you to come by and check out all of what Exmark and Fredericks has to offer. With special financing available, we have mowers in stock and ready for you. Fredericks sales and service the choice in outdoor equipment, serving you since 1993.
7: Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you.
21: The opening agri-market report. At the opening of the Yarn Cotton Exchange, December cotton was up 173 to 102.67. March cotton was up 161 to 103. At the open of the Chicago Board of Trade November, soybeans were up 20 and 3 quarters to 1448 and and a half per bushel. January soybeans were up 19 and 3 quarters to 1453 and a half per bushel. December corn was up six cents to 624 and a half per bushel. March corn was up five and a half to 631 and a quarter per bushel. At the Mercantile, October live cattle is up 42 to 144.90. December live cattle is up 27 to 150.97. September feeders up 17 to 185.17. October feeders up 15 to 187.32. And at the Open, the Dow Jones up 325 points, 33,635. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network. You're about to fire up some delicious steaks in the backyard and suddenly
15: the wind blows out your propane grill flame. Now what? First, turn off the gas and open up the grill lid. Check your grill manufacturer's instructions for when it's safe to relight the grill, but always leave the gas off and the lid open for at least five minutes before relighting. And remember, never lean over the grill during lighting or cooking. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more.
11: 6 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3 Are we gonna do this?
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
20: Keep rolling. 3, 2, 1.
0: On Super Talk, Mississippi.
3: bringing us in, almost to the top of 11 o'clock. If you're just joining, welcome. We're glad you joined. I'm Andy Gunasekera, and this is Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi. Now, if you just joined us, you missed a really great interview. Um, it's worth going back, but it's with Chief Rodney Scott, former U.S. Border Patrol Chief. I keep forgetting to say that. I wish so much that he were still the head of Border Patrol would be in a much better position with regard to the ever deteriorating situation at the border. But, um, you know... I- The the problem is that it keeps getting worse and the Biden administration continues to walk away from its duty to keep this country safe and the citizens within it equally safe. Now, there may be some change on the horizon. Some of you may be aware that recently, Governor Abbott and some other Border Patrol governors have been shipping some of these illegals up to quote-unquote sanctuary cities, especially in Washington, D.C. and in New York. And the mayors of those two cities aren't Having it um, just screams h- hypocrisy because for so long they've been critical of Border Patrol governors trying to manage the situation. Now that they're getting a little bit of a taste, and I mean a little bit of a taste of what's actually going on at the border. They are crying afoul saying that their, um, their local systems to handle homeless folks are being completely overrun by the influx of illegals and they have asked the Biden administration to send resources and help. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe the Biden administration will listen to these liberal mayors now that they have had a change of heart with just a little bit of having to deal a little bit with what um, places like Texas and New Mexico have been dealing with for quite some time. Um, But to shift gears here for a little bit, today is National Presidential Joke Day. Did you know that, Rhino?
2: I did not, but uh, it, it feels a little like punching down sometimes with this guy.
3: It really does. I mean, he just walks out there and you can't stop the jokes. But um, even members of his own party are getting tired of him. If you could just cue cue that video, Rhino, um, from some Democrats and their take on whether or not they plan to support Biden in the future. Do you
15: think Joe Biden should be running for re-election in 2024? Will you support him
2: when
20: he does, if he does? I think Joe Biden should do whatever he wants to do. I don't
17: want to answer that question because we have not, that's not, yeah, I don't want to answer that question. Look, it's a question people are are debating, you're asking me on on TV's. That's not a yes.
3: Yeah, you know, I think uh, we should endorse when we get to it
8: i am not talking about 2022 i'm not talking about 2024
17: (laughs) miss maloney i don't believe he's running for re-election
8: i'm working on my own election
20: and that's all i'm focused on right now and that is a a situation that everyone should evaluate at the appropriate time
18: too early to say it doesn't serve the purpose of the democratic party to deal with that until after the midterms my mission is
7: to win this election in 2022
18: my focus is totally
1: on
17: this november i think there's a lot of us who want to see new voices rise in the party
3: well, that was just a flavor uh, that was a range of some of the Democrats. You may have recognized some voices. You had um, AOC, Senator Manchin, um, Pramila, Pramila Jayapal, uh members of the squad. And the theme is none of them are committing to supporting a Joe Biden presidency. One, because they probably don't think that he'll actually get there. But but two, um, you know, he's ruining the country and he is becoming politically toxic and to the point where members of his own party, even the extreme representatives of it, are starting to put him off. So, um, unfortunately, National Presidential Joke Day, for us, the joke is that, um, our, our president is the joke, unfortunately. Rhino, you're right. Maybe it's a little mean, but you just can't help it. Um, now I did look up a few jokes, lighthearted jokes, here's a really good one um, from some past president presidents this is from Bill Clinton being president is like running a cemetery you've got a lot of people under you and nobody's listening I felt like that's pretty good <laughs> one. and then here's one um, where does the president keep his razor
2: I don't know where does the president keep his razor
3: in his cabinet <laughs> So these are good. Um well I hope I hope folks have a chance to enjoy National Presidential Joke Day, maybe turn off what's going on in the real world and uh and share some laughter with your friends. Um here's one more that I thought was worth sharing. Um this is from former President Barack Obama. Uh, there are a few things in life harder to find and more important to keep than love. Well, love and a birth certificate. So at least he was a little lighthearted about that. All right, folks, this is the end of the 10 o'clock hour. Again, apologies for the technical difficulties we were having on the front, but we've worked through that. When we come back at the top, we're going to have Jennifer Braceras, who heads up the Independent Women's Legal Division to talk about Title IX and what this administration is doing to make gender a fluid issue and make it harder for women to compete in sports. Stay tuned, and we've got more when we get back. Hey, yeah.
0: Listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
8: News. I'm Chris Foster. New unemployment claims ticked up last week at the highest level of the year. The Labor Department's also reporting wholesale inflation is down.
17: The July producer price index actually dropped month over month by half a percent. Year over year, the increase was 9.8 percent. Much of the decrease linked to a drop in energy prices. Fox's
8: Lillian Wu. The Justice Department wants personal cell phone numbers of about 2,000 Secret Service agents as part of the investigation into the January 6th Capitol riot.
1: The head of the union representing federal law enforcement raised concerns about about giving personal cell phone numbers to congressional committees, but the request from the Justice Department is from one federal agency to another. The Secret Service has come under criticism after text messages from January 5th and 6th were deleted, despite an internal review
8: by the Homeland Security Inspector General. That's Fox's Jared Halpern in Washington. America's listening to Fox News.
17: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Americans are feeling a little less pain at the gas pump. The average price for a gallon of gas is below $4 for the first time in months jill nato has the details
22: a month ago we were shelling out about four dollars 68 cents on average for a gallon of gas but thanks to an increase in gas production and weaker demand the u.s is down to 3.99 a gallon gas buddy says they expect that price to drop anywhere from 10 to 25 cents over the next couple of weeks AAA says in a recent survey, they found almost two-thirds of U.S. drivers have changed their driving habits or lifestyle since March, thanks to cringeworthy gas prices. The
17: average price for a gallon of regular in Mississippi has dropped to three fifty seven. The lowest price for gas in the state today can be found at the Dodges in Batesville for two ninety nine. dollars
11: MississippiAble.com.
6: Hello to all you sheriffs
17: and jail administrators. Mississippi Industries for the Blind can help with your jail's cleaning chemicals and inmate supplies. MIB offers products that are safe to the officers as well as the inmates. Our budget-friendly Correct Pack products have been used in Mississippi prisons for over 20 years. MIB also offers jail mats, linens, and personal hygiene items. So if your facility needs good, safe products, reach out to MIB today at sales at msbond.org. The Mississippi Division of Medicaid has announced their intent to contract with TrueCare, Magnolia Health, and Bellina Healthcare to run the statewide Mississippi CAN and CHIP programs. This decision still needs approval from the Public Procurement Review Board, so residents currently enrolled in those programs will continue to receive services through their existing managed care companies. House Speaker Pro Tem Jason White discussed the change with us this morning.
15: Mississippi True has stated
13: time and again on your program right here, um, the folks from the hospital association that they've got great plans and and great ideas on how to do this. So we will finally um, it's, it'll be it'll be time for them to show us. Um, I'm excited yep. about it. I'm glad they're one of the ones, and um, it'll be it'll be uh, interesting to see it unfold.
17: For the latest Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett. Your
0: news, your talk, your weather, and your sports, all in one place, supertalk.fm. Every show, every podcast, and every leap-breaking story, all in one place, supertalk.fm. Join
12: Sports Talk Mississippi every Friday during the 5 o'clock hour for Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll tell you our favorite way to grill the delicious Polk's original, Cajun and garlic and green onion sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. Remember, picky people pick Polk's.
0: to take on your day wake up with gallo tomorrow on 97.3 fm super talk mississippi and now and now the talk that keeps mississippi talking that's what
20: i like to listen to
0: you're listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
3: And this is Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi. Now, before I jump into our next interview, I just want to remind you that we are in the Element Wealth Studio. And if you're thinking about or planning for retirement, uh, you need a plan. If you're looking for one, go to MyElementWealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. Also, thank you to those who have been on the C Spire text line. I'll say our listeners are much better at making and delivering jokes than I am. I will keep my day job, but for now, I'm going to move on to our next interview. I'm very excited to have Jennifer Bracera. She is the director of the Independent Law Center. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm great and very happy to have you to talk us through Title IX. Now, just to remind folks exactly what Title IX is, it is a simple non discrimination statute that prohibits recipients of federal funds from discriminating on the basis of sex. Congress passed Title IX to guarantee equal access to education, but over the course of several decades, bureaucrats in the Department of Education have unconstitutionally twisted the law beyond recognition, and in the Biden administration, it is getting worse. They are working to change elements of Title IX that will inject offensive, woke ideology into the public school system beyond what's already occurred. They will fuel campus culture campus cancel culture and undermine guaranteed rights like freedom of speech. Jennifer, we need your help, though. Can you walk us through, um, there are some changes that are pending right now um, in the federal uh, register. Could you walk us through what those changes are and what are the most problematic ones?
6: Sure. Well, as you said, Mandy, Title IX is very simple. It just prohibits schools from discriminating on the basis of sex. Um, and that's it. Uh, you know, so at the time that the law was passed in 1972, for example, that meant things like you couldn't force girls to take HOMAC and boys to take woodshop. Um, if a girl wanted to take wood shop, she should and can do that now under Title IX and vice versa. Um, you couldn't have a law school that was only for men or a medical school that was only for men you had to provide equal opportunity to members of both sexes. Um, so that's the type of thing the law was intended to prohibit, um, but federal laws are often you know, written broadly, and then it's up to the agencies to, to develop regulations as to how they're going to be enforced. So over the years, um, the Department of Education developed regulations for enforcing this non-discrimination mandate, um, most particularly with respect to athletics um, and explaining how schools had to provide equal athletic opportunities for boys and girls. Um, and over the course of many years, as, as you said, uh, schools activists started to try to twist Title IX to use it for purposes that it wasn't originally intended. Um, to deal with, and that was happening already. Um, During the Trump administration, Secretary DeVos tried to kind of get a hold of the Title IX beast, and she issued some regulations that basically required schools to uh, enforce Title IX consistent with Supreme Court precedent and consistent with the original understanding of the statute. Um, Those regulations barely went into effect before COVID hit. Um, Most schools didn't even have a chance to implement them. The Biden administration has now repealed those and is issuing its own set of regulations. Um, They are massive. They are far-reaching. They go well beyond the scope of the statute, and they impact really every aspect of the educational experience from from free speech in the classroom to, um, you know, sexual harassment on college campuses, sexual assault and due process on college campuses. Um, and it just it's complete re- administrative rewrite of the statute, um, which is, is not lawful for them to do. But the biggest change, I would say there are two big changes among The many in these regulations. The first is that the Department of Education is saying that schools do not have to give, have to provide students accused of sexual assault and harassment. Um, They do not have to provide due process. So they do not have to tell a student what they're accused of. They do not have to give them access to evidence against them. They do not have to Um, Let them have counsel in their defense, and basically a school, um, the department is pressuring schools to investigate and kick kids out of school who are accused of sexual harassment or assault um, solely on the the basis of the word of the accuser, Um, and they're telling schools that if they don't do that, they'll lose federal funding. That's big bucket number one. Big bucket number two is that the department is saying um, that the statute, which prohibits sex discrimination, also prohibits discrimination on the basis of gender identity. Um, And so that impacts everything from, you know, school, bathroom, and locker room usage to athletic teams. Um, Essentially, if a student, a male student... Uh, identifies as female, the Department of Education is telling the schools that they have to allow that student to use the facilities and programs uh, consistent with the sex that they identify with, not with their biological sex. Um, So so those are the two biggest changes. But as I said, the implications for free speech, for parental rights, um, for all sorts of other areas is, is enormous.
3: Well, and it's just, you know, it's it's complicating campus culture that has been really the source and growth of uh, cancel culture um, on campuses and then folks going out, bringing that into the workforce. But I was reading some of your materials and that this is really inhibiting professors and students to engage in free speech Right at the moment that they are encouraged to figure out what they want to do in the world. And you go to college and then you have these regulations coming from the Biden administration that ultimately lead to some degree of self-censorship. It just seems to undermine the whole point and purpose of seeking higher education. Um, and, but this comes with consequences. So if schools or people fall out of line, let's just talk about the schools. If the schools fall out of line with these regulations, um, what are the consequences that they would have to deal with?
6: So a school that doesn't uh, enforce these regulations, um, there, are, there are, I guess, three big risks. One is that they can lose federal funding. The second is that um, they can be sued by students or faculty or whoever. Um, and the third, in the case of K-12 uh, schools, is that they can have... Um, their federal funding for um, uh, school lunches, pulled. so not just their funding, federal funding for educational programs, but the Department of Agriculture is threatening the K-12 schools that if they don't adopt the whole woke agenda, they're going to lose their funding for school lunches.
3: So ascribe to our woke agenda or we're going to starve your students who can least afford it. That seems to be the ultimatum that the Biden administration has at least put on the line for um, the K through 12 schools, which for me, it's just that's that seems like uh, their priorities are totally off, not only out of touch with the majority of American people, but totally off. Now, these regulations, are, are they still pending? And if they are, are there ways for folks to weigh in?
6: Yeah, they are pending, um, and the public has a right to comment up until September 12th, and the department has to consider and respond to any comment they receive. So um, people can go to, to our website, um, org, Independent Women's Voice, and there, they, there's a portal there called Save Our Schools, and it makes it very easy if people want to weigh in on any of these regulations, um, any aspect of them—the the free speech aspect, the parental rights aspect, um, the due process aspect—whichever aspect most concerns you, uh, you can go to the website and um, there's a portal to to uh, and a draft. There's um, draft comments that people can modify, but it's just a couple of sentences, um, a model email that people can just.
3: You know, okay, great.
6: So if you go to IWV.org, there's a lot more information.
3: Great. So folks can check that out. Check that out. We're gonna take a quick break and then when we get back, we're still gonna have Jennifer Braceras with the Independent Women's Law Center with us to talk about these changes and their impact on women's sports. Stay tuned.
15: From the SeabrookPaint.com with Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, an 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, high near 87. Tonight, an 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, low around 71. Finally, Friday, a 60% chance of showers, partly sunny, high near 90 degrees. And for your Saturday, a 20% chance of rain, sunny skies, high near 91.
3: In to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. right here on
7: Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. Middays with Gerard.
4: Garrett. What? What? This is so awesome.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
24: For talk, I'm Mandy Gunasekara, and this is midday. If you are just now joining us, we have Jennifer Brisseras on the line. She is the head of the Independent Women's Forum, Independent Women's Forum Legal Foundation, um, and Legal Center. She is talking to us about Title IX and how proposals by the Biden administration are changing life on campus, life throughout our entire school system. And Jennifer, I want to shift the conversation to women's sports in particular. This is probably the most visible impact of these anti-woman, I'm gonna say a destructive forces that are at play in a number of applications. Many of our listeners are familiar with Leah Thomas. Some may not be, just to bring folks in who may not be as familiar. Um, Leah Thomas was an okay male swimmer for the University of Pennsylvania and after his junior year came out as a trans woman and then started competing as a woman. Um, During that year, Thomas shattered previous records held by female swimmers and won the NCAA championship title for the 500 meter freestyle, beating two female swimmers, some of which were Olympians. Now there was a viral photo that went around, folks may have seen where they were on the, um, they were on the, the, you know, first, second, and third place, um, sections. And it was, it went viral because it just made clear in picture form that, um, Leah Thomas had the physique of a man and then was competing against very athletic women. Um, but it, it, we don't Stand much of a chance even at the top of your athletic game when you are competing against a male at the top of his athletic game because of biological differences. Now, Jennifer, this is also a part of the Title IX changes. Could you talk to us about the scope of the problem? It's definitely devastating to female athletes, but it's not necessarily confined to college sports. Could you explain yeah, so the University of Pennsylvania and the
6: Ivy League allowed Leah Thomas to swim uh, and, and compete on the women's team. Um, they didn't have to. That was a choice. The, the NCAA allowed it, the Ivy League allowed it, University of Pennsylvania allowed it. The new regulations will require schools to let women uh, trans- Swimmers or not just swimmers, trans athletes who are biological males, um, but who are living as women to compete on women's teams. So we now go from a situation where, um, you know, this, this was allowed to a situation where it will be required and it will start happening all over the place. Leah Thomas is not a one off. Um, it's been happening in, in across the country, across sports happened in running, it's happened in weightlifting, um, it's happened in volleyball, it often goes unreported because it's been happening at the high school level um, where, you know, the, the stakes aren't necessarily as high in terms of, um, you know, the, the competition. Um, and people are afraid to speak out and nobody's really reporting on it. But um, it's it's even the cases that have been reported on there there are quite a bit quite a few cases
3: yeah absolutely well and and what's happening to the women who are speaking out Um, you know, we've, we've seen folks, um, Riley, who is affiliated with the Independent Women's Forum, um, face some serious backlash solely for speaking out against just an on its face problem from a pure competitive perspective. Set aside the politics again. Um, could you just talk a little bit about what the women who are speaking out, what they're having to deal with?
6: Yeah, it's actually very frightening because they've been told by their coaches, their universities, and by the league that if they say anything, um, they're going to lose opportunities to compete for the school in the future, that they won't get jobs, Um, they've been gaslighted. The University of Pennsylvania told the women who objected that they should seek counseling um, and that they should consult the you know, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender Center on campus for resources. Um, They were not taken seriously, even though Leah Thomas is an intact male who was sharing a locker room with them. They did not consent to that, um, but they were told basically to sit down and shut up. Um, Riley Gaines uh, is a swimmer for the University of Kentucky who competed against Leah Thomas, and she's a very brave young woman who's been speaking out. But, you know, Riley had the support of her coach and her university, and these other women in the Ivy League did not, and they've been silenced. And so, you know, Riley isn't the only person who's upset about this. There isn't, I don't, you know, I haven't heard of a single female Ivy League swimmer who was okay with this. Um, and there's certainly, almost all of them were, were not very happy about this, having to compete with Leah, share a locker room with Leah, um, they all want to be tolerant and, and understanding, but uh you know not at, at the, not they don 't want to sacrifice their own rights in order to do so
3: their own rights and really what they 've worked for i mean these women who achieve this level of athletic success have sacrificed a lot in terms of time, practices, uh their training regimens, what they eat. It's it's really heartbreaking to see them work so hard and get so far and then be undercut by a skewed version of acceptance and trying to be inclusive you know it is it is a challenge I think not just for athletes but um, in life in general as as the Biden administration politicizes and pushes this you must accept um, this trans ideology um, now, we're going to have to wrap up here in just a little bit, Jennifer, but could you remind listeners again where they can go uh, to weigh in on these issues that are pending right now?
6: Yeah, they can go to iwv.org and and there they'll find an opportunity to comment on the new rules and also to sign the Women's Bill of Rights, which, um, if enacted into law, would, would protect women in situations like this.
3: Okay, great. Well, look, thanks for having us. We've been having a little technical difficulties on our end, but uh, we got through, again, Jennifer Braceras with the Independent Women's Legal uh, Center. And for our listeners, stay tuned. We have more when we get back. When I
16: say go, just, uh, shake your leg and do the mess around. I do the mess around. Yeah, do the mess around.
17: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Americans are feeling a little less pain at the gas pump. The average price for a gallon of gas is below $4 for the first time in months. Jill Nato has the details.
22: A month ago, we were shelling out about $4.68 on average for a gallon of gas. But thanks to an increase in gas production and weaker demand, the U.S. is down to $3.99 a gallon. Gas Buddy says they expect that price to drop anywhere from 10 to 25 cents over the next couple of weeks. AAA says in a recent survey, they found almost two-thirds of U.S. drivers have changed their driving habits or lifestyle since March thanks to cringeworthy gas prices.
17: The average price for a gallon of regular in Mississippi has dropped to three fifty seven. dollars The lowest price for gas in the state today can be found at the Dodges in Batesville for $2.99.
23: Go with the home team.
9: Before the action begins, make sure your bets are in. Every hit. This ball is crushed. Every point. Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino revolutionizes the fan experience. On your phone, casino kiosk, at the Timeout Lounge. Don't just be a fan. Be a player. Be a winner. Get the Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino. We're not just fans. We're here to play.
0: Fans. It's time for Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
3: keeping us going with the Midday program. Welcome back. I'm Mandy Gunasekara. This is Middays, and we're here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, And thank you for those of you who are Interacting on the C Spire text line, just remember you can share your thoughts with us at 601-879-4395. Reminder, please do not text and drive. And also, uh, just to remind you that we are in the Element Wealth studios. If you are thinking about or planning for retirement, do you have a plan? If you don't, go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income growth and guarantees if you're just joining us you missed a really interesting interview with a woman named Jennifer Braceras, who has really been in the thick of the Biden administration's efforts to change regulations that, um, you know, make gender a fluid issue and inhibit the ability of women to successfully compete in sports. Now, unfortunately, this isn't the only area where we are seeing the consequences of this extreme transgender ideology. Um, also, from one of my IWF Independent Women's Forum colleagues, um, there is a story out, a uh, story of a mother whose daughter fell victim to gender ideology. Now, before I get into it a little bit, um, Rhino, I've got a clip of that, if you could just play.
23: My daughter's name is Sophia. Um,
3: <laughs>
23: she's amazing. On July 22nd, 2019, she went to her dad's house for a regular custodial visit and she never came back. I later found out that she had told her stepmom and her dad that she was trans and she didn't want to live with me anymore. She felt unsafe. I missed my daughter's 13th birthday, her 14th birthday, and her 15th birthday. She will be 16 in August. People who are imprisoned have more communication with their child than I do. It's been two and a half years. I can't believe I'm alive. It's a miracle.
3: So that clip comes from a new series. It's called Identity Crisis. It's a documentary series that unfortunately highlights the story of parents. Who are dealing with the consequences um, of this extreme ideology. Um, the first two series are already out. They tell the stories of mothers whose daughters have fallen prey to gender ideology um, and there are now two detransitioners who now warn of the harms of socially and medically transitioning. One mental health professional who rails against her profession for prioritizing political correctness over public health. I would just suggest folks that are interested interested in learning about what's going on, and then also being aware of the forces at work that you as a parent, or an aunt, or a cousin, um, or anyone who has a vested interest in the future of our youth, to pay attention um, and go visit Identity Crisis and check out the documentary series, because the reality is the number of transgender-identifying youth has nearly doubled in recent years, and the evidence is clear that many of the policies are working against parents at the expense of children in pursuit of this radical gender ideology. And I think, you know, uh, what, what these interviews confirm and show that the best person to make a decision for the health and well-being of a chi- of a child is its parents or their designated guardian. Um, and there's been a long-standing effort, to degrade the role of parents in their lives over their children. We've seen it in our public school systems. Jennifer just talked about some of the regulatory changes that's impacting K-12 through as well as higher education. But it's also infiltrating the culture. It's coming in the court system to the point where um, this woman hasn't seen her daughter for years because of a custody fight with her ex-husband who is now using this radical gender ideology as a weapon to keep custody of his child and the mother of away it's heartbreaking but it is real and you've got to be aware that this is going on out in the world um, and just stay vigilant and we've got to remember that the nuclear family and the parents are the best ones to take care of children, and we need to inhibit the desire and push, um, mostly coming from extreme liberals in Washington, D.C., to replace that relationship with institutions um, that push radical, harmful ideology on the most vulnerable and impressionable among us, which is our youth. Now, I'm going to switch over and talk a little bit about the economy, but before I do, um, I just want to let you know that today on In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, you will hear an interview with the ladies of Chapel Heart and their incredible rise to fame. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar is presented by VisitMississippi.org. You can hear the show each Thursday and Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. on most Supertalk Mississippi stations, Supertalk.fm, and it's available everywhere you listen to your podcast. Now, I want to switch gears really quick. Yesterday, um, yes, yesterday, Wednesday, uh, the consumer price index numbers were updated. Um, it's really bad. You know that. Uh, but the president wants to try and paint a different picture. Um, Rhino, could you could you play that clip from the president? Oh, uh, I think I sent you the clip. It's called Zero Inflation. Um, if not, well, I'll just describe to folks that uh, the president, in response to the inflation numbers, that, by the way, they're at 8.5%. Um Yes, it went down from 9.1, but it still remains at a 40-year high. And the president got on the podium yesterday and literally argued that there was zero inflation. This is mind-boggling. His whole argument was, well, the prices have some things have gone up, but the prices of other things have gone down. And so the net net is zero inflation. this is this is not only, unfounded in reality, it just shows how removed the president and really the people around him. Um, it's the advisors around him that are doing him a disservice and leaving the rest of us to deal with the consequences. But even after the consumer price index um, numbers were updated yesterday, it also came came out with um, the price increases on a manner of goods that we all need and use every day. Fuel is up 75.6 percent. Now, the Biden administration would tell you oh prices have gone down don't worry about it but fuel is still up 75.6 percent from this time last year um eggs are up 38 percent airline fares are up 27 percent coffee is up 20 percent milk is up 15.6 and baby food um if you can get it is up 15%. Now, inflation is wiping out wage gains. What you've heard from the administration and the president even said is that wages have gone up. Yes, inflation's gone up, but wages have gone up as well. But the reality is that even with wage increases, inflation has outpaced the average increase, resulting in a 4% loss in wages on average. Now, Whether the president wants to say it or not, or his political appointees or operatives, we are in a recession. The legal definition is two quarters of negative growth. We've experienced that. We don't need to wait for a board to tell us what's going on. Um, And this is especially hard in households with lower incomes who are grappling with skyrocketing inflation on a day-to-day basis. And again, I just want to remind folks, we stopped at, we, we started the top of this program with what's going on in Congress right now. The Democrats' response to 40 year high inflation, despite what the president says, they always try to change the narrative. But the reality is inflation is at a 40 year high. And the Democrats' response to this is to pass the quote unquote inflation reduction bill that's probably gonna pass tomorrow it's going to raise taxes in the middle of a recession now, that is a bad idea that even Democrats used to agree to. Um, but this is going to hurt the middle class. Um, it's going to force inflation to climb. Wages will continue to sink. And it's going to continue to add a strain on production, supply, and demand. Congressman Arrington, who was our first interview of the morning, rightfully pointed out, there are a number of tax increases specifically focused on the production of oil and gas. So while the president tries to pretend like there's been some relief in gas, prices which there has but that's because of him releasing petroleum from our strategic petroleum reserve which really is just setting us up to be in a worse situation in the future Um, at the same time they are applying taxes that will curb production and make this whole situation worse the Democrats response is to raise taxes to increase spending Luckily, we have Republicans that are pushing back and trying to stop this. Um, but again, if you need any motivation for focusing on this fall um, and a red wave that many folks are talking about, um, this is it. This is not the solution. Their policies are going to continue to cause more harm than good. I'm going to get into a preview of what to expect in the Senate when we get back after the break. Stay tuned.
19: What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth.
0: Hey, there's hair
20: on my head again!
19: If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other.
1: Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com.
19: The cat
20: The
15: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or
21: online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. This is the Midday market Report. The center coordinating shipping of desperately needed grain to world markets from Ukraine expects a, quote, big uptick in applications to pick up cargoes at Ukrainian ports in the near future. That according to Interim coordinator frederick kenny who told a virtual news conference from istanbul where the joint coordination center is located that ship owners have shown tremendous interest in exporting grain from ukraine one of the world's key bread baskets under the recent deal aimed at helping ease the global food crisis sparked by russia's february invasion of ukraine the center is receiving literally dozens and dozens of phone calls and every day emails asking when we can get ready to go said kenny director of legal and external Affairs for the International Maritime Organization and a retired U.S. Coast Guard Rear Admiral and Judge Advocate who is leading the U.N.'s efforts at the center to get grain shipped from the three Ukrainian ports. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk, Mississippi Agri News Network.
0: You know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today
11: be sure to catch sports talk mississippi your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the magnolia state every day from three until six right here on super talk jackson 97.3 come on come on middays
0: with gerard gibbert all right we are back on super talk mississippi
3: Welcome back. I'm Mandy Gunasekera, and this is Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm so glad you are with us and listening in as we work through the issues of the day and really the issues with this administration. Um, now, before I get back into some of the news of the day and, and what the current readout is, with regard to Republicans taking back the Senate, I just want to let you know that today is National 811 Day. The day serves as a reminder for residents of Mississippi to always call 811 before digging so utilities can mark utility lines on your property. Officials say this is an important step that needs to be done to prevent injury, death, power outages, and hefty fines. Nobody can afford a hefty fine right now. So call 811. also want to remind you, we are here in the Element Wealth studio. If you are thinking about or planning for retirement, you need a plan. Go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find the balance between income growth and guarantee okay really quick Um there's been a lot of news about the state of the senate in particular but how likely it is for Republicans to take back the majority. Now, these things, if you're a Republican like I am, and we really want and understand the consequences of not taking back, um, the majority in both the House and the Senate, uh, we can't, we can't get cocky and think that this is just going to happen. It's something we have to actually work on and strive for. And a lot of that has to do with the type of candidates that ultimately Get to, uh, to represent the Republican party at the state level. Now, the House, um, it's not something to take for granted, but we are in a very good position. The Senate, um, it's a little bit more complicated and nuanced. And so I have a good friend. He's a pollster, um, and he recently put out his analysis on the Senate. And I just want to read you in on a couple of key races. Um, now to, to set the stage, there are about 34 Senate seats up for election. 20 are currently held by Republicans. 14 are held by Democrats. Now, that said, the question of which party will ultimately preside over the Senate in 2023, it will come down to a handful of races, seven or eight, depending on how you look at it. And now that many of these primaries have occurred, uh, we know who our candidates are, and so we have a pretty good idea of who the Democrat-Republican matchup is going to be and what to expect. Now, at the top of the list is North Carolina. Um, This race is to replace retiring Senator Richard Byrd. This has always been a fight for the Republican Party. The person leading the charge on the Republican side is a congressman, someone who I actually know really well, uh, Ted Budd who is up against Sherry Beasley. Um, now, uh, Ted Budd has started off with a decent lead, ranging from two to six points, again, according to uh, my friend, the pollster. And um, he has favorable atmospherics that are enjoyed by all Republicans in North Carolina, where he has put... North Carolina in the red, and the red is good in this instance. We want North Carolina red, and he thinks that he should win, which is, that's an important state. The other state that's getting increasingly interesting, um, if, again, if you listen to mainstream media, you think it's all doom and gloom for the Republicans, but that's not the case. Now, there is a tough race in Pennsylvania that is playing out. Um, this is to replace another retiring senator, uh, Senator Pat Toomey, um, and the Republican candidate, Mehmet Oz, also known as Dr. Oz, is running against Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. Now, right now, data leans towards Mr. Fetterman, but interestingly enough, he hasn't been in the media. He, um, come to find out suffers some serious health issues and he has been not been on the campaign trail. And what Democrats have learned, as they learned with Joe Biden, is if you can keep your candidate in the basement, like they did with biden sometimes that works in their favor because then their candidate isn't out there to take tough questions like inflation and the um the government spending and regulations and as a result the current uh trajectory is in the favor of the democrat candidate john fetterman but i wouldn't count out dr oz um he will likely come back he has the backing of president trump and what we have seen is that the candidates that that get President Trump's support have been getting across the finish line very successfully. Now, Pennsylvania, it's still up in the air that's a race that we need if we are going to take back the Senate. The other one is uh, Wisconsin. Senator Ron Johnson, again, this is always characterized as a tough fight for Republicans, but we have a really great candidate. I've worked with Senator Johnson and his team when I was in the Senate. Um, he is a strong conservative. And really, Wisconsin, despite the election um, and how it's characterized, it is a lean red state outside of a few of its more urban areas. Um, but again, that's not something Something to take uh, to take to to get lazy. We are going to have to work, and I have all the the faith that Ron John will deliver the win for Wisconsin. The other states, really quick, are Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, and New Hampshire. Um, we've got some really great great candidates that are uh, representing the Republican side so I feel good about Republicans chances not only to take back the house but also the Senate and this latest readout from my good friend the pollster um, I'm still I'm still in that situation all right we're going to have to take a quick break we will be back with more I'm going to break down the Mar-a-Lago raid and how Republicans continue to be under attack stay tuned
8: News. I'm Chris Foster. There are reports of a standoff after an armed man in body armor tried to breach the FBI office in Cincinnati. Fox's Garrett Tenney.
20: A law enforcement source does tell our own Jackie Heinrich that the suspect attacked the FBI office in Cincinnati, possibly firing a nail gun and then brandishing an AR-style rifle before fleeing the scene. And
8: we're told the man has now exchanged gunfire with local police. Convicted murderer Scott Peterson's fight for a new trial has a hearing today in California.
17: At the center of this legal fight is Michelle Nice, juror number seven, and very outspoken about her belief that Scott murdered his pregnant wife, Lacey, on Christmas Eve, 2002. Well, it turns out she had a few legal entanglements of her own, including taking out a restraining order when she was pregnant, something she failed to mention on her juror questionnaire.
8: That's Fox's Claudia Cowan in Redwood City, California. America's listening to Fox News.
24: I'm Lauren McGraw with Got To Go. I'm here to help you with anywhere you might need a bathroom. Because when you got to go, you got to go. Please call us at 601-879-3969 or look us up, gottogorentals.com.
23: I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Lawmakers continue to call on Governor Tate Reeves to reconsider his decision to end Mississippi's participation in a federal program that offers up to 15 months of free rent and utility payments.
21: It's ridiculous. It's horrible. And it's not godly. But you always say, you're Christian. Well, show me some Christian love and show me some Christian help and help these people who are in desperate need of assistance.
23: That was Representative Earl Banks outside of the governor's mansion yesterday as nearly 100 protesters vied to speak with Governor Reeves. Here's what one recipient in need said.
22: I say to you, Tate Reeves, how come you would do away with a program that helps Mississippians that are working hard to try and help themselves and you'd be okay with it?
23: Governor Reeves argues that ending the program will ultimately force people back to work.
2: Hey, Lucky Buck here. It's time to have more fun, more often. That's right, my little buckaroos. The Mississippi Lottery will begin drawing Cash 3 and Cash 4 twice a day. But wait, there's more. Add the Fireball feature and you can increase your winnings. And increase your odds of winning. More times to play Cash 3 and Cash 4. More ways to win with Fireball. Ah,
11: Sounds like a winner to me. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
23: With starting quarterback Jameis Winston leaving practice on Tuesday with a foot injury, the New Orleans Saints have picked up former Mississippi State quarterback KJ Costello. Costello, a low-cost journeyman who previously spent time with the Chargers, started six games for the Bulldogs in 2020, passing for 1,283 yards, six touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. We caught up with Luke Johnson of the New Orleans Advocate Wednesday afternoon to get an update on Winston's injury status.
14: I think they feel like they you know, they kind of dodge anything major with this. You no, know, I, I wouldn't expect to see him out of practice tomorrow, and I certainly would, wouldn't expect him to see or wouldn't expect to see him in the preseason opener. But it wouldn't be a surprise to see him back out there when they're practicing against the Packers in Green Bay next week. Yeah, in, in fact, I'm I'm kind of expecting that. I, I think they're they're not trying to hide anything with this.
23: The Saints will open the 2022 preseason on Saturday night at seven o'clock versus the Houston Texans. I'm JT Mitchell, Super Talk Mississippi News.
20: listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: Welcome to the show that challenges you to to think deeply and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: This is the best kind of music to get us ready for these next two segments. I hope you are ready for it. If you're joining us, welcome. Glad you have tuned in. I'm Mandy Gunasekera, and this is Midday's here on Super Talk Mississippi, and I'm here in the Element Wealth Element Wealth Studio. Um, if you're thinking about or planning for retirement, you will need a plan. If you're looking for one, go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find the balance between income, growth, and and guarantee. Um, I also want to alert our listeners that there is a new podcast from Super Talk Mississippi called Tired of the Weight. Super Talk Mississippi's very own Rebecca Turner and actress Amia Edwards have teamed up for a podcast to tackle physical, mental, and spiritual health. You can find the Tired of the Wait podcast from Supertalk, Mississippi, anywhere you can get your podcast and on demand at FM. I will definitely be tuning into that one. Um, that will be very interesting. But for now, I want to talk about um The fact that it is out, conservatives are under attack. Now, any of us who have been in the trenches, whether in Washington, D.C., or at the state and local level, we've known this. Most folks paying attention know this as well, but the raid uh, day before yesterday on Mar-a-Lago makes clear that for the left, there are no bounds. in attacking conservatives, and especially the leader of the movement, President Trump, they are desperate to stop him from running again. It's very interesting, the timing of this raid. Now, the Democrats and the left, they don't want to call it a raid like they usually do. If they disagree with something, they try to redefine it or use legal qualifiers. Um, But again, just take the layman's perspective. Anyone looking at this, anyone with an iota of common sense knows that this was a raid, and it was a political hit job. Um, the FBI went into President Trump's house in Florida, just in case you are living under a rock and you didn't hear this news, um, and they went under the very thin premise of a potential Presidential Records Act violation. Now, this act was correctly viewed as the latest and perhaps most egregious long series of political hit jobs on Mr. Trump. It's drawn immediate condemnation, not just from the political right, but also the political left. Now, this raid, I believe, is the culmination of seven years of the FBI and federal law enforcement efforts to run President Trump from the public square. They keep trying to damage him and to take him down. But the reality is that they are ruining the credibility of institutions that historically have been very important um, to the well-being of our democracy, the FBI and the DOJ. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, they are increasingly co-opted for political purposes. Now, I saw some of this firsthand. I saw it at EPA. I've said this for a long time, and I will say it until the cows come home, as my mother would say. Um, But there are good missions at a place like the EPA to protect public health and the environment. We can all agree to that. The problem is the left will take missions, and they co-opt them to achieve political ends. We are seeing this at the Department of Justice. We are seeing this at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And it really became 100% clear to both the the right and the left yesterday with the raid on President Trump's home. Now, it's interesting. I listen to one of the podcasts I listen to fairly often. It's Megyn Kelly's podcast. I like it because she tends to bring in people that are outside my normal scope of folks that I interact with on the political space. Um, but during her conversation, her podcast yesterday, she went through the list of pending litigation um, on Trump and the Trump organization. She didn't even get into the ones pending against the the children. But it really it kind it blew me away. I didn't realize it was so many different pending actions. Obviously, we are all familiar with efforts the impeachment trials, times two, um, the the raid, the January 6th uh, documentary series that the Democrats have literally hired an ABC producer to put together to try and present a story um, out of the January 6th situation. But it goes further than that. Um, there is a website called JustSecurity.org. They have a litigation tracker, um, and I wanted to pull this up because just there are 22 different pending actions against the president, and they range from the ones I just said um, or derivative aspects of that. Some of them are from police officers that have sued President Trump um, or the Trump organization in uh President Trump in his personal capacity because of the ongoing January 6th efforts by the Democrats. But there's also there's a here's one. It's a defamation and federal tort claims act Um by a woman named E. Jean Carroll, um, and she, she accused the president of a rape allegation. And when the president pushed back, um, and said that she was making it up for purposes of trying to hype a book that she was releasing around the same time, um, she has turned around and, uh, claimed defamation. Okay, so that's, that's, Another uh, action against the president, um, Mary Trump, some of you may have remembered Mary Trump is SUNY suing President Trump, Donald Trump, for uh, allegedly defrauding her out of millions of dollars in an inheritance dispute. Um, there is a group of anonymous plaintiffs. This is a different case uh, that have filed class actions against the Trump am- family, alleging that they use their brand to scam investors into paying for worthless business opportunities. There are a range of suits uh, pending before the Southern District Court of New York. There is a case again uh, being brought by the Attorney General of New York. Um, it goes on and on and on. Here's one. Um, there are members of the Democrat Party. Eric Swalwell. Does everyone remember Democrat uh, Eric Swalwear, Swalwell? Swalwell. He is a Democrat representative from California. Um, he became somewhat notorious after it was found out that a woman on his staff who he, he was having an inappropriate relationship with was actually a spy for the CCP. Well, he's still in Congress and he is suing President Trump uh, and Rudy Giuliani. President, uh, Donald Trump Jr. and Congressman Mo Brooks over the January 6th riots. This is interesting. He alleges that the defendants violated federal civil rights laws, including the Ku Klux Klan Act, when they conspired to interfere with the electoral college count on January 6th. Okay. The point of this, there are t- 22 pending actions. Um, there are no limits by the left to go after what they see as threat number one, which is Donald Trump. And it's not just Trump, it's his family. It's for anyone who worked for him. Um, I've been the subject of nefarious investigations. Now I, I was able to set those aside when I was serving as chief of staff, but I have friends um who served in senior leadership positions in the Trump administration um that they had to deal with these institutions being used to go after them in their personal capacity. Um these institutions are being corrupted to achieve political ends. It comes in many forms. It comes in the form of the FBI, the IRS the EPA, um, and the media. Now, you may be wondering why. Why is it? Why are they so committed to going after someone like President Trump and conservatives in general? Well, occasionally, they will slip up and tell us why. Um, Rhino, if you could play that clip from Brian Deese.
9: Sustainable. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay 4.85 85 a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. What we heard from the president today was a clear
1: articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm.
3: There you have it. It is the liberal world order uh, that they are trying to push. There is a great reset on the horizon and they see someone like President Trump and the people who worked for him as standing in the way. Why? Because we herald and we will defend liberty, freedom, independence, things that are foundational to our democracy. Now, the other side, they will they will treat uh these principles with snark. They will say that, well, you know, what when when Brian Deese and that's who is speaking, say things like liberal world order, they are just defending the traditional meaning, which is a rules-based system established at the international level. Um but that too has been co-opted and institutions being co-opted to achieve political purposes it doesn't stop in washington dc and it doesn't stop with just the institutions a part of administrations the mainstream media is a willing accomplice and i just want to say this before we have to get to our break these forces are also at work in Mississippi. Mississippi is not protected, especially when it comes to the media component. There are corruption within the ranks of agencies. Some of this has been exposed um, with the recent welfare fraud scandal that is going on. But if you'll notice, a lot of the focus um, from some of the media groups is on Governor Bryant and some of our other political leaders when the corruption is from those below within the institutions um, where There seems to be an interesting lack of journalistic um, curiosity about where the corruption actually lies. Never believe the force-fed narratives, especially from the media, increasingly a tool of the left. We have more after the break. Andrew Kloster is joining me. Stay tuned. You will not want to miss this interview.
7: Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you
15: ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. Supply 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to
11: have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
0: And now, the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Now, now, on to the real part.
21: Dino Mike!
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back to our listeners that have stuck with us. I'm so glad you are with us. For those who are just now joining, I'm glad you are tuning in. I'm Mandy Gunasekara, and this is Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, I want to jump right into our next interview. Um, it's with a former colleague and a friend of mine who is still out there pushing the conservative movement in all manner of applications, a gentleman named Andrew Kloster. He's currently the general counsel at personnel policy operations, a nonprofit dedicated to de-risking civic engagement by America First conservatives. Um, he formerly served in the Trump White House and several agencies. I first met Andrew... Um, He worked with us at the EPA for a short period and then um, was snatched up by presidential personnel uh, to really ensure that the politicals that we were bringing on board in the Trump administration were in a position to face the bureaucracy and had the fortitude to carry out the president's policies. Andrew, it's great for you to be with us today.
25: Hey, Mandy. Thanks for having me.
3: So I'm really curious. Uh, you wrote a piece recently, but I want to get into it on the Mar-a-Lago raid. Um, what's your take on the raid and why is the FBI so committed and really going after President Trump?
25: So, you know, I am a lawyer. I've worked on some Presidential Records Act stuff and other records keeping issues in different agencies, and I'm no expert uh, by any means. I have some some experience, but I guess at the end of the day, it looks to me like a political fishing expedition, and I think it looks that way to many people. And the piece that I wrote for the American Conservative basically lays out the case that that this and a number of these other actions are not even about getting a prosecution for Trump. Mark Elias said, you know, he knows that Trump is not going to get disqualified, basically, but, uh, from running, but that he would love to see Trump have to litigate that in a campaign. And so I think it's designed to scare away conservative and Republican activists from volunteering. You know, we've seen the AGs and, you know, the AG in Michigan go after Trump electors and against clerks and, and things like that, and same in Georgia and different states. So I think really what they're trying to do is show, look, not even Trump can protect himself from the deep state. So you, the activists, shouldn't get involved because we're going to come after you, too.
3: Yeah, they're trying to chill people from being a part of the movement. But you and I both know, um, and knowing the personalities of the folk that make up the base, certainly, of of conservatives, but even beyond that, I would say moderates as well. I think this overstepping um, and taking an investigatory power and turning it into a form of political persecution, um, that it could have the inverse outcome, that it galvanizes the base and also gets those who are on the more moderate side, maybe they are skeptical of President Trump, but they see this and uh, they, they scratch their head and wonder what's really going on right here. And that may have the opposite effect of what Democrats like Mark Elias are attempting to achieve.
25: Yeah, I I think that's right. But, you know, they probably they poll tested the hell out of all of this stuff. They have their little focus groups and the donors. They're raising a lot of money. The Dems are raising money. Surely they run money or raise money off of the, you know, Project 65 to go after everybody's bar license and things like that on the conservative side. So they know what's going to happen. I think they, you know, you saw almost immediately even some pretty never Trump people coming out and saying, oh, my gosh. There have been several pieces. Oh, my gosh, Trump is going to easily win the nomination now, if and when he runs, because I I am pretty confident he will. Um, So the Dems do this a lot. They did it against my friend John Gibbs in, in Michigan, where they attacked John with ads, just like they're attacking Trump with this raid, and they hurt him. And then if he wins anyways, they can get the second bite at the apple by saying, oh, actually, we crowned him. So I think what you'll see is, you know, never Trumpers and and the Dems down the line come back and say, well, Trump wouldn't have won the nomination, but we did it because we think he's so easy to beat. So I'm just, just think a couple steps down the road. Yeah, I think it'll help Trump. I think it already has helped Trump, certainly among the base. But down the line, really who they want to scare is they want to scare the business conservatives and other people who are a little shy away from CRT and some of these social issues. They want to scare those people into thinking that Trump is just not someone that they can support. So they're going to come back out later, I think, saying, you know, we helped Trump be the nominee because he's so terrible. You have to support Biden because he's the moderate and he's not the one who's under investigation. So my worry with these things, they do it all the time. They have the deep state on their side. They do prosecutions, IG investigations, ethics complaints, bar complaints, and the ordinary person doesn't have time to sift through all this baloney. So all they come away with is, Trump bad, you know. So we've got these huge headwinds, and I just, I'm worried about it.
3: Yeah, well, and it's interesting, too. I've been reading some of the follow-up and, um, you know, the documents that could potentially be revealing of what The FBI truly was after, if they were in fact after records. Um, there's suggestions it was beyond that, that there it's a fishing expedition to keep the January 6th documentary trial series alive in the house, but that a lot of the the documents that could be revealing are under seal by the court. Um and so they're gonna be able to keep um these allegations alive. And President Trump isn't in the position to declassify or, um, you know, push to reveal some of these documents like he was when he was president. Remember the the Russia hoax? He de- declassified um, not not the Russia hoax, but the Ukraine impeachment scandal. He declassified the phone conversation that then allowed folks to read the transcripts and say, wow, this is a bunch of nothing. But he's not necessarily in that position. So I, I agree with your analysis there. They will keep it going um, and they will prevent clarity from reaching the masses under the guise of confidentiality and sealed court documents that probably will never see the light of day. Now, one thing I do want to touch on, there's this 2071B legal provision, um, basically saying if, if Trump were to be found um, in violation of these confidentiality um, requirements, that he could be restricted from holding off future office. Do you see that as something that could actually happen? <laughs> um
25: no, I don't. And I think it would be swatted away, you know, very, very quickly. The, um, But, you know, it would, it would cost some money to defend and it would be a news item and everyone would be breathless on TV saying, oh, my gosh. And then you'd scare away voters, too, even when he does win. Uh, you'd scare away some of these sort of weak Republican or independent voters who'd say, oh, I don't know, maybe there's something there. So they, it's a win-win for the Dems on that front. Constitutionally, though, it's a non-starter. First of all, I don't think the statute applies. Um, There are several reasons for that. Um, But even if it did apply, you know, Article 2 has a list. And in the Constitution, when you have a list of qualifications for something, it's exhaustive. And it says, here's what you need to be president. You have to be a natural-born citizen of a certain age, etc. That's the full list in the Constitution, and no law Congress passes can go beyond that list. If it's the case that one federal court, one jury, could vote and disqualify someone uh, through conviction of running for president, if that's what the statute says, then it would be flagrantly unconstitutional. It would be something that they could sue and win over uh, immediately. Because the Constitution, not only does the Constitution and Article II have a list of stuff which is exhaustive and you can't go beyond it, or qualification to be president it also has the the only single way you can get rid of a president which is impeachment and conviction by the senate um so it's if, if you could replace the senate with a single you know blue state southern district of new york or whatever jury of 12 versus our hundred sitting senators and not only you know that would be insane that would be insane
3: yeah i agree the constitution is not only clear but it's supposed to Spoken specifically to these two issues, Andrew, we don't have a lot of time, but um, I do. Could you give us a brief insight into the Personnel Policy Ops group that you're working with? What's what's the mission, and and what are you working on?
25: Sure. So our website is personnelpolicyops.org. We're a new C three that I started with some of our former White House staff that worked in personnel, and really our goal it can be a force multiplier. There are a number of orgs out there doing personnel and staffing projects. Finally, people are paying attention to what was maybe the biggest issue that we had in 2016 and 2020. We did a lot of work to make sure that there were actually good, you know, America first, pro-Trump patriots throughout, like yourself, throughout the federal government. But it was difficult. And our goal is to you know, help supercharge that effort in anticipation of uh, any future conservative administration. But we're also looking to really de-risk, provide training, provide legal defense, provide other things to these people who've been really hung out to dry with insane, you know, legal bills, frivolous bar complaints. I had one filed against me in Wisconsin, which I swatted away. But, you know, they just come after us, and we need to protect our people better, and that's what the org personal policy operations is designed to do
3: Well, it's sorely needed, and there are so many different tools the left will use to go after people willing to stand up and fight for America First policies, defend the Constitution, and stand by these founding principles that are so important um, today and for the future of this country. So, Andrew, thank you for joining us today. I wish I could talk to you longer, but we have to take a quick break. For our listeners, stay tuned. We've got more.
15: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, an 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, high near 87. Tonight, an 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, low around 71. Finally, Friday, a 60% chance of showers, partly sunny, high near 90 degrees. And for your Saturday, a 20% chance of rain, sunny skies, high near 91. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
14: Available at the Tractor Store in Richland.
23: I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Lawmakers continue to call on Governor Tate Reeves to reconsider his decision to end Mississippi's participation in a federal program that offers up to 15 months of free rent and utility payments.
21: It's ridiculous. It's horrible. And it's not godly. But you always say, you're Christian. Well, show me some Christian love and show me some Christian help and help these people who are in desperate need of assistance.
23: That was Representative Earl Banks outside of the governor's mansion yesterday as nearly 100 protesters vied to speak with Governor Reeves. Here's what one recipient in need said.
22: I say to you, Tate Reeves, how come you would do away with a program that helps Mississippians that are working hard to try and help themselves and you'd be okay with it?
23: Governor Reeves argues that ending the program will ultimately force people back to work.
0: Get off. Midday's with Gerard Gibbert. It is on, on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Oh, what you love oh, what
3: you oh, what Welcome back. To middays here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Mandy Gunasegara. I'm so glad you've joined us and are listening in. Just want to let you know we are in the Element Wealth studio. And if you're thinking about or planning for retirement, you will need a plan. Go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. Also want to read you into that if you run a small business, are um, customers able to find your business online? With the power of Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing today. Call 601-991-2305 or go to STMMdigital.com to get started today. All right. Our text line has, um, it's been very active and Especially with our, our last interview. And, um, I'm, I'm interested for listeners to weigh in. You know, one of our listeners, Thomas and Greenwood says that the Democrats want Trump to run again since he motivates Democrats to go vote more than any Democrat candidate. And there is some absolute truth in that. Um, the, the rallying cry from the Democrats during 2020 was, Their hatred for Trump, it wasn't for any policy. It wasn't for any improvements to American families or working families way of life. It truly was just a galvanized hatred against Trump. Um, and that did deliver dividends for them in 2020. So, um, Thomas, you're, you're right there. Um, then we have Jason. This is, this is really interesting perspective. Um, says that whether, whether we want to admit it or not, Trump needs to be investigated if for no other reason than to separate reality from Benny Thompson's made for TV nonsense. Um, now I, I agree with you there. The, uh, the January 6th documentary trial that is occurring in the house. It's not only a misuse of resources, but it, it's an abuse of authority where, um, they're using the power of the house oversight to go after individuals without any serious evidence or credible evidence. Um, Some distinguishing line would be helpful, but I would just say that you have to believe in the credibility of the institutions that would do those investigations. And based off what we saw uh, two days ago with the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago and Merrick Garland at the helm of DOJ, which has been willing to shift their institutional interpretations um, and weigh into and make it harder for conservatives to do what they do to potentially chill involvement um, with conservative movements. Uh, I don't know that we have that in this country right now. Now, there may be some good people at DOJ, um, and there are certainly some good people at the FBI, but the institutions themselves lack credibility to deliver something like that um if we if we agreed that it was necessary. So um you know uh it's a very interesting conversation. I'd I'd love to hear from more folks weighing in on that. I want to shift to another issue and I I mentioned it at the beginning. It's something called ESG investing. Now, you may not have heard about this, but if you have investments um, in the markets, if you have retirement fund, a pension fund, are building up college savings, please pay attention because the woke ideology hasn't just created problems in our school systems um, and elsewhere. It is creating problems in the markets and in investments and impacting retirees and pensioners. Let me explain what I'm talking about. ESG is referred to as environmental, social, and governance investing. Now traditionally, the goal of investing has been to maximize value for shareholders. If you're a retiree or a pensioner or maybe you have direct investments, you hand those funds over to an expert, someone who has a duty to take that money and maximize the value and to grow the relative return on the money you've likely worked very hard to earn. That is the traditional goal and approach to investing. Now, more recently, there has been a shift. It's called ESG Investing which, like I said, stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance, and it prioritizes the advancement of certain social and political outcomes preferred by leftists. Now, if I had to compare this to something that you may be familiar with, um, have you heard of social credit scores that the Chinese Communist Party assigns to its citizens? If you hadn't, this is a score. Individual citizens are assigned by the CCP as a measure of their government trustworthiness. That same mentality is being adopted by investment houses. So these are the guys, the institutions at the top of the financial investment ladder. This is your BlackRock, your vanguards, your state streets. They have a similar score that they want to assign to businesses and investments that at the end of the day is a measure for how woke the companies are, how much they align with the advancement of Social and political outcomes preferred by leftists and these can include switching to wind and solar energy now That's not bad on its face um, I don't mind wind and solar energy. I actually argue for its role in our energy grid, but the problem is that there is a, there is a line in the sand from these investment groups to shift money away from fossil fuel energy, the type of energy that currently makes up 60% of our electricity, 90% of all of our energy use. They want to shift investment and funding away for that only to wind and solar. Why? Because it is preferred by the current ruling political class. Other elements of ESG investment incur divestment from politically disfavored industries, such as firearms, for example. The prevalence of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives within companies. There's actually a standing, um, I was reading this the other day, a standing requirement at Goldman Sachs that they will not help a company go public um, even if it would otherwise be profitable unless they have a proven diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, which include training, um, CRT training, where it divides colleagues in a workforce based on skin color and labels them oppressors or oppressed. Um, this is extremely problematic, but this is what these ESG investors want. Um, It also includes policies like gender or race-based quotas for leadership, Now, why does this matter? It's because it is causing harms to retirees, pensioners, the American economy, and our broader national security. ESG investing reduces returns for retirees. Again, they have replaced the fiduciary duty to maximize value. They've replaced that with trying to achieve certain social outcomes. And there is a consequence um, in the form of less returns. But it's not the investment houses that suffer it's not the black rocks it's not the vanguards it's not the state streets it's the pensioners and the retirees that have to deal with less returns on their investments right at the time that they're looking to get out of the workforce and live off of carefully planned out financial future that they've worked so hard for this is extremely problematic um, Companies and investments with low ESG scores are also uh, facing a barrage of manipulated market pressures aimed at putting them out of business. Again, they're using investment to put... Politically disfavored industries out of business, Um, namely our oil and gas industry, which not only causes significant harm to the people who are a part of that supply chain, but we all feel that if you're a retiree, you're going to feel it twice. Not only with reduced returns on your retirements or your pensions, but you're also going to feel it in terms of higher prices that you pay at the pump. Now, it's interesting, too, despite the fact that this is a really bad idea that we know that causes serious harm, there are efforts underway in the Biden administration to mandate these ESG policies within the federal government at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, the SEC was designed to ensure stability in the marketplace. Given the current economic situation, I wish the SEC would focus on ensuring stability in the marketplace um, because we need some help. But instead, they are considering mandating this ESG investment, which is woke ideology, into how the federal government um, assesses the good standing of U.S.-based companies. This is extremely damaging from an economic perspective, causing harm to retirees, um, and this Biden administration is trying to make it a regular, a part of regular order in doing business here in the United States. So there is a lot there. There's a lot to unpack. Many folks are just seeing this come out. But what you need to remember is if you hear the term ESG. Um, first, talk to your investors, tell them to avoid that type of investment strategy because you should know it's not about maximizing return. It is all about advancing leftist policies that are both dangerous and out of touch with the majority of the American people. OK, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with the final segment of today's show. <laughs>
13: That's right, school is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Mazda of Jackson. That's right, school is back, and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving you cash. Get super low 2.9% financing for 72 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And come see the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaOfJackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Have a trade? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it. Even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. School is in session, so come get your deal now at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaOfJackson.com.
0: with group credits. like model. See dealer for details. In the wee hours of the night, when everyone else is fast asleep, you're the one on third shift, burning the midnight oil. When a part fails and everything comes to a grinding halt, regardless of what the clock on the wall says, you leap into action. Granger is with you and all the
1: ones who get it done with 24 seven customer support by phone or click to chat. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done.
11: A special invitation to join us weekday morning six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven
0: point three. You know what that means? Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
4: We'll do
0: it live on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back, and thanks for sticking with us through the show. I'm Mandy Gunasekera. This is Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi, and I'm in the Element Wealth studio. If you're thinking about or planning for retirement, do you have a plan? If not, go to MyElementWealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find the balance between income, growth, and guarantee. I also want to remind our listeners that there are numerous ways to listen, watch, and follow. You can listen to The Middays with Gerard Gibbert on supertalk.fm and the Supertalk Mississippi app. The best way to listen to each show each day is always on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station anywhere across the state. You can watch the programs on your computer, mobile device, or you can watch it on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as well as YouTube. Now you can watch Super Talk TV live on CSpire TV. If you have CSpire TV, you can find the Super Talk TV on channel 70 right next to the weather channel. And don't forget social media. Um Keep up with everything on Super Talk Mississippi by following Super Talk on Twitter. Just search for at Super Talk. And on Facebook, follow Super Talk Mississippi on Facebook for stories and videos about the news, politics, and sports happening all across Mississippi. All right, Rhino, I'm going to pitch it to you about a very interesting uh, video that's trending.
4: Yeah,
2: it's a video that's been making the rounds on social media the last couple of days, and I think it found its way onto my feed because I went down a, a Johnny Carson late-night rabbit hole after we had uh, Mr. Bill Clark and uh, Mr. Glenn Stern on Good Things on Tuesday discussing a musical they're trying to get off the ground and, and get started here in the Magnolia State with aspirations of growing and eventually making it to Broadway. And the, the musical's name is Here's Johnny, and it's about a night in the life of Johnny Carson with a lot of big names. And it sounded like a really cool idea, but that night I went down a rabbit hole of, of looking at old Johnny Carson clips and then found really old Letterman clips and Leno clips and stuff from when I was just a young boy and wasn't supposed to be staying up watching late night. So it was, it may be old media, but it was new to me. And then somehow across my feed comes this clip from the Arsenio Hall show. Where he's interviewing none other than the Macho Man Randy Savage, (laughs) and he asks Macho Man a question, and the reply—I don't think you'll see it coming. So here, just give it a listen.
16: Your
10: your middle name is Macho, but uh, I'm wondering if you ever cry. You ever? Has Macho Man ever cried?
13: Oh yeah. Really? Uh huh. It's okay for Macho Men to show every emotion available, right there. You know, because I've cried a thousand times. I'm gonna cry some more, but. I've soared with the eagles and I've slithered with the snakes and I've been everywhere in between. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There's one guarantee in life, and that there are no guarantees. Yeah. And I understand this.
4: Yeah.
13: <laughs> Nobody likes a quitter. Nobody said life was easy. So if you get knocked down, take the standing eight count, get back up and fight again. And you're a macho maniac. Dig it.
3: I love that. That's right. You know, um, it's, you can't give up. And sometimes you get knocked down, uh, politically speaking. Um, you can be the subject of investigations, but if you believe something is worth fighting for, you should never grow weary of pursuing the right thing. I also want to uh, perhaps close on this, um, following up to that really great clip. It, it's very suiting. As we talk about these issues and, and what's going on in the world, um, It's I always go through a range of emotions from sadness uh disappointment to the point that it makes my stomach hurt uh to getting angry um but we don't need more anger in this world what we do need is a pursuit of truth and a pursuit of justice and in those pursuits at least me um i am a a a result of a christian judean christian background um And that pursuit cannot be built on vengeance or revenge. It must be built on pursuing something for the betterment of our neighbors, and that is what Um, I've certainly worked on in the Trump administration, I worked on um, with my colleagues, and that is what the folks who are out there are trying to achieve, truth and justice, but we must go about that from a position of positive fulfillment, not vintage. Try to set aside the anger, it's okay to feel it, but set aside, and uh, as someone reminded me yesterday, Yes, you have to pray for your enemies. Um, that is built into who we are, who I am personally, but also who we are as a nation. Um, and again, thank you for the privilege to be a part of your day this Thursday. And we're going to close it out until next time.